Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to, uh, sex and other human activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and, um, I wrote in and, uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then, um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could, uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, yeah I lost my family, I lost my house. And, um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list, because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. <laughs> We're just talking about bones. Just talking about bones. I got two huge boxes of bones shipped up to New York. Shipped them off before I left Texas. I just came back from Texas. Welcome home. Thank you very much. I'm going to make armor, finally. Yeah. Bone armor, head to toe. Now, it's going to be difficult to carry, Marcus. This is something that you're ready to do. I have been thinking about this, about how <laughs> I can transport the bone armor, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going, going to use twine to put it all together so it can be folded up and transported. Ah, and then you have a bone bag. Yeah. <laughs> Ikeda! Ikeda, where's my bone bag? Shut up, Marcus! <laughs> That was like a half Asian, half British accent. I'm sorry, Nikita. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> oh man, I got four new uh, skull head, like four new cow heads. Where full, did you get them? Uh, my brother's boneyard. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> I've been meaning to go down to your brother's boneyard for quite some time. But I'm yeah. assuming this is Thomas's boneyard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the boneyard is right on the edge of the jungle as he calls it, <laughs> which the jungle is just a thicket of mesquite trees that always look dead, and they're all covered in large spines, and the floor and the ground is covered in stickers. Good for kids. <laughs> Great for kids. <laughs> and there's just bones scattered all throughout. So you yeah. went bone picking. Yeah, I went bone picking. Yeah, anytime he, uh, a, a cow dies, he just, dry, he just puts a little, uh, puts a chain around his neck, Straps it to the back of his truck and drags it to the boneyard. And so it just decays out there? Yes, it does. You know, Texas is a different kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> I got a full spine of which the skin is just had just sloughed off of. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Did you clean it? I'm gonna. That's good. Yeah. I gotta figure out a way to make the to, you know, preserve the cartilage. Yeah, first you need to really let it settle and stink in that box that you're sending. <laughs> that poor UPS man that has to deliver that fucking box. <laughs> UPS. USPS freight. <laughs> okay, so all right, good, be good here, and cheap. It'll be here in like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, fucking, I had a great time in Texas, man. It was uh, wonderful to go back and see all the family and relax for a while uh, and shoot a lot of guns, drink a lot of beer. That went, sounds great. Went and saw my nephew play football. He's fucking He's awesome. Strapping. He's a strapping young man. He looks just like you. 
Do you think so? I think yeah. he looks exactly like Thomas. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah. all of you and your brothers look exactly the same. Except for Charlie. Charlie's into Thomas. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> he actually works at it. <laughs> the rest of us are spending our time drinking beer. Yeah. Actually, that is pretty true. Me and Thomas, the time that Charlie spends in the uh, gym, me and Thomas spend drinking beer. So was it just straight good times while you're home? Straight good times. Hell the only yeah. thing is every single one of my relatives is like, when you getting married? Yeah. When you getting married? When you having kids? Boy, when you have kids, when you getting married? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, I bet you you had, have to go through that with Doug, right? Oh, yeah, no, I went through the same thing when we went out to Oregon. <sighs> same fucking thing. Yeah, that's why when I told you that like his grandmother gave me that beautiful ring, mm-hmm. said that she gave her blessing for me to take on the Austin name, but she gave it to me because it's an index ring finger, so as to keep my ring finger open for the inevitable ring that Doug will be giving me, is basically what she said. So that's kind of fun, because <laughs> she, and then like put the whole like, you have to get married before I die thing, and uh. you guys should have the wedding out at Fern Prairie, which is out there. She's like, because that's where everyone gets married in the family. Yeah. <sighs> That's some you know, hardcore pressure. With me, I think they were just making conversation. Yeah, well, well, I mean, yeah. I've got a few more years on you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm 30, so the whole when you getting married question is a little more, especially you know with Texas people and all that. Oh, yeah. That question is a little more, uh, I guess, to the forefront of their minds. Well, that's what she's so upset about is that she has a twin sister. Um, and her twin sister, they all have a bunch of kids. They all, I mean, like, the twin sister has 22 great-grandchildren, and she doesn't have any. Oh. And so she's just, because it was like, well, I mean, you should be proud of all of your grandchildren, because all your grandchildren are doing great. Yeah. Everyone, like, like a lot of them, a lot of, like, Doug's cousins are all married, so they're, they've hit that part, but now they have to start having the children. Mm-hmm. And Doug just has to get over that little hump so I could start pumping them out. <laughs> I'm just a cow to them. I'm just, I'm just waiting to be milked, man. It's, but it's weird though because at first it's like it's something that we talk about that's terrifying, and when I hear it, I'm just like, don't pressure me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I'm not. But at the same time, it's isn't it kind of nice because that means they accept your significant other. Yeah, of course, it means they love your significant other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I took my uh, last girlfriend back home, uh, they did not ever mention that once. Exactly. Yeah. Not that they didn't like her no, or anything, just... but it was, I guess they didn't see like marriage material or anything. And plus she didn't want to have kids and all that. And they, of course, want me to have as many children as possible. Of course. Uh, and with Nikita, they're like, hmm, birth and hips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's like, I feel like the whole like heritage of the family of passing down the name. Yeah. Too, of like accepting someone into the family and especially as a a man in the family choosing a woman where it's like you're absorbing them. I think that's more so than the marriage thing. It's the giving away of my last name that I have an issue with. And Mm -hmm. that's what his family pushed a lot. It was more the heritage of the lineage of the family that they pushed. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to give up my last (laughs) name. How about that? How about I throw that into the mix? Let's I, make things extra complicated. And then I talked to my my mom about it because I thought she would be like respect like respect the fact that like I love the name Zabrowski. I don't want to lose Zabrowski. And she was basically said that it's disrespectful and me just like spitting on his family if I don't take his last name. Wow. And I don't agree. 
However, (laughs) I also don't want to spit on anybody's family, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. (laughs) Man, I'm blown. I mean, hell, there's already four parks that's running around that are uh, of the next generation for me. Or three running around and uh, one more on the way. So I'm not too terribly, I'm not worried about that. I just, I think every, and I'm getting a lot of pressure to move back home. Uh. Yeah, more than I ever have before. Uh, and it's like, yeah, you know, now that everything's going good and I'm in a stable place here in New York City and things are <laughs> very much on track, and I'm happier, more stable than I've ever been probably in my, probably in my entire life. And they're like, yeah, right, come on back. Like, ah, yeah, you know, a few years ago when you were in that uh, fucking horrible rock and roll band, you were doing coke all the time and just drunk constantly and unemployed. Stay away from us. Yeah. We don't want you. <laughs> We don't want yeah. to deal with that. Why, you, why don't you hang out in New York during that time? But now that you're stable and you've got a good job and a wonderful girlfriend and the best friends you've ever had, hey, why, why, come on Just back. leave it alone. Just leave <laughs> it. And then you can go down there and you go through the same fucking thing all over again. You know, go back into the blow. You can throw your whole life away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. No, no, the blow in Texas is awful. Oh, I bet it's just like crushed up glass. <laughs> Or at least Lubbock Blow was terrible. Jesus Christ. But it's been many years. Many years. Many years since any of that passed through my sinuses. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a, a rough thing. Where people want us to come back. They want me to come back and... Uh, like they're like, well, now that you found your woman, now that you have put your claim upon a woman <laughs> in New York City, then you can bring her back to Texas, where you may have many cracker spawn. <laughs> well, cracker actually, spawn. no, my mine would not be cracker spawn at all. No, no, no it would be the opposite of the cracker opposite. spawn. Yeah, mixed babies. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that, Marcus. I thought that's what they wanted you to say. I don't know what they want you to say. <laughs> I don't understand it. I thought mixed race was the thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. I still have problems with that. And even then, you, you can't say biracial because the kid's going to be three different races. And I, I feel like, too, uh, in saying that, because I just recently found out, I, I was because of Ben Kissel that you're not supposed to say mulatto. Yeah. Because I refer, I was, I said the phrase that, like, I think that, like, especially, like, mulatto children are the most beautiful of all children. It's like, I'm not saying, that I'm not being negative. I'm no. saying I wish that, I, I but like, obviously... I'm gonna definitely have cracker spawn, 100. <laughs> percent The crackiest of cracker spawn. Very, spawns. very, very cracky. And I just, uh, I was saying it in a positive way because I'm not racist. Yeah. But you have to, you know, it's PC world we're living in here. And this man, boy, or white baby's ugly. Yeah. Mm. Mine might have blue eyes though, so it's kind of fun. Be a blue-eyed devil. Blue-eyed devil. Cracker spawn. No, it is it is crazy going back home now. Uh, that it, it's it's weird. It's like, all right, yeah, you're happy now, and you look happy, and you look great. It's come on back. Yeah, it's time to come. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I, I don't think not quite time. Do just you think you yet. will move back though? Man, I mean, the people who ask, keep asking me like, will you move back? Like, will you do this? Will you do that? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. You know, because the lives we lead are so unpredictable and so volatile. Uh, that you never know what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. You know, hell, I don't know what's going to happen in an hour. Uh, we're at the point now where shit can change in an instant. Uh, and it's just, fuck, who knows? Maybe, you know, if everything goes tits up here uh, in the career that I have chosen, I'm not choosing another career in New York City. I'm moving back to Texas and I'm going to become a mortician. 
There you go. Yeah. So I've got fallback. <laughs> I've got fallback. I'll <laughs> yeah. go back to school. It's fine. Yeah, I got a backup. Yeah, it's a mortuary sciences school. It's two years. There's one in San Antonio, one in Amarillo, and one in Dallas. Uh, the one in San Antonio looks quite nice. I wouldn't mind living in San Antonio for a couple of years. You're all square. Yeah, I'm all square. So I've got I've got my backup plans. And I think like when I told like there were like, yeah, you know, you should come back to us. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, if I came back, I'd probably go to mortuary sciences school. And like all of them were like, well, whatever gets you back. <laughs> Maybe you should stay. <laughs> Maybe you should stay in New York for a while and be a well-adjusted young man talking just about Just for a little while. Yeah, just for a little while. See if maybe you can slough off that whole uh, mortuary sciences thing. And I'm like, what the fuck else am I going to do? Do you know the record that is out there on the internet of all the horrible things that I've said and talked about over the years. I might want to become a teacher, but one there's, little I don't think that one little <laughs> quick trip to Google and Marcus Parks ain't getting hired as the new history professor. Yeah, I've thought about that too because that was always my fallback thing. So I would go and be a professor, but I feel like professor you get away with it. I'm just speaking my mind. You could get away with it with being a professor, but like being a high school teacher. You can't be a high school yeah, teacher. Yeah, I could never be a high school teacher. And I'd like to teach like AP history or something like that. I think it'd We'd be We'd be fucking good awesome high school teachers. We'd be amazing. We'd be the best high school teachers. But that's the problem is that the grooviest people always get pushed out by the fuddy-duddies. Yeah, fuddy-duddies. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that you've used the term sloughed off twice <laughs> since we've started this podcast. As soon as I said it, I was like, shit, I just said sloughed off twice. <laughs> And two completely different contexts. So I appreciate it, Both worked, and I appreciate you appreciating (laughs) it. All right, well, let's get into our uh, letters for today. The first one from a uh, British guy. What are we going to call him? Topper. Topper. I like that. Yeah. Hey there, Jackie and Marcus. 20-year-old British bi guy here. Top up. Top up. I mean... (laughs) I'm a huge fan of the show and all of the CCR shows. Thank you. Hell yeah. And I'm looking for some advice. Uh, After getting a serious case of depression during my A-levels and failing them, I went to a college and aced my course. I am now off to university to do film production. Though I am excited to leave home and have fun and learn, I am also incredibly nervous. I'm worried that my depression will start up again and I am not a great socializer, very introverted, and I am having an almost year-long dry spell. So I was wondering, what are your do's and don'ts for college-university life when it comes to fending off depression, socializing, and getting some action while away at higher education? Thank you so much. Love you guys and your shows. P.S. Jackie is a great choice to fill the hole in our hearts left by Sarah leaving. It has also been great seeing the genuine Jackie and getting to know her lovable big personality. Just wanted you guys to know this. Hope you have a great rest of 2013. Toppa. Thanks, Toppa. You're a good man, Toppa. I appreciate that. That makes me feel good. Yeah. People <laughs> love you. You know, it's, you know, I get very self-conscious about that. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually said that on here, but I do often. Yeah, well, no, it, it's, you know, our listener numbers have only grown since you've come on. Thank you, Marcus. And yes. thank you, Topper. Yes, thank you, Topper, and thank you to all of you. So, he's uh, going to university. He's going at 20. Uh, so, he is a little bit ahead of uh, a lot of other... Yeah, I mean, you. You're a, lo- a little bit ahead of uh, the other kids that are just starting uh, college there. You're 20. A lot of them are 18. At least I'm pretty sure how that goes yeah. in England. Yeah, I think it's pretty. that's pretty much the same. Uh, and as far as worried about your depression being start, starting up again... It's just something that you have to keep an eye on. Like, it's also, it, it can happen, and you will get depressed because you are alive, 
and, and people also, who are alive get depressed, and especially people who are in college, you, you just get depressed because it's stressful, it's hard, and those types of things generally lead to depression, especially if you're predisposed to it. In that first year or two, mm. I feel like everyone kind of definitely goes through either a reinvention of themselves or desperately trying to reinvent themselves, and and it brings upon a depression. I feel like that, that my first semester of college definitely was one of the, you know, many dark times <laughs> I've had, unfortunately, in my life. And part of the thing that got me through it was making new friends. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, even at the time, I more so than now completely hated myself so making friends even though I I was never technically an introvert I feel like self-deprecation can pretty much hurt you from doing most things Mm -hmm. and no matter how fucking extroverted you are and it's the same thing that like with dealing with any kind of mental illness especially going into college is is trying to just get to know people if you're going into a dorm too like dorm is dorm life is so fucking weird but you make a lot of friends because you're forced to be mm-hmm. around each other and the same in classes too like you say you're going into film production which is fucking awesome and at least you're going to be in classes with people that really want to do what they're doing yeah and plus you're going to film production which film is an extremely collaborative uh art form if not the most collaborative art form that there is you're and gonna have to be working with other exactly. people you have to work with other people and getting to know other people and also like even if if you start thinking of projects that you want to work on your own and side things that you want to start creating, then you can start talking to people that you would necessarily talk to in the first place because you want to find like a guy to direct something. You see like, you know, you start hanging around like with all those kind of people and it's like, hey, I'm interested in working with you. And then if you create business relationships with people, that's only a way to help you hang out too. Mm-hmm. But Marcus, you were introverted yeah i mean i guess you still are but not really yeah kind of but not really but yeah i used to be pretty damn introverted so Uh, how did you like did you do you have any personal like because we've talked about like especially like in party scenarios of how you had to deal with that and getting through it but what about like in classes was was there anything significant that you found in like helping you talk to other people I would listen to other people talk during class and try to fit and just listen to like I made uh, like one of my best friends um, like I didn't even necessarily like yeah I mean I made one of my best friends in college uh, I had a poetry class with him and just when people would talk in class I was just like yeah you know that guy that guy sounds pretty cool I like that guy uh, and then one day he was I saw him wearing like an X-Men t-shirt and be me being like a comic book nerd especially even more so at that time I was like hey man like cool shirt and then we just started talking about X-Men and then comic books and all of that and then uh, from then on like he's still one of my best friends that was 12 years ago uh, and it's the people that you meet in your first like year or so. Sometimes there's a lot of friends that I met that first year, and like guys like Phil and Danny that I was pretty close to that first year that I haven't talked to in an extremely long time. Hell, that guy Phil, I didn't talk to him after my first semester in college, even though we hung out all the time that first semester. Uh, so. It's transitionary friends. It's a big tra- yeah. It's you know? a lot of some. Tra- there's some of them are transitionary friends, and some of them are going to become permanent friends. 
you never really know. So the best thing I would say is to cast a wide net because I just kind of talk to whoever I could talk to. Some of those people I didn't talk to after the first year. Some of those people I stayed in touch with all throughout college but didn't talk to them afterwards, like uh, my friend Danny. Uh, but my friend Matt, I'm still friends with to this day, like still very close friends with to this day. Uh, and I think getting to know as many people as possible. What do they say? I think. I mean, I kind of think it's the same thing with friends as it is with, uh, with you know, people of the opposite sex. Is that if you hit on as many people as possible, then eventually something's someone will stick. say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something's gonna stick uh, eventually. And as far as getting some action, uh, getting laid in college can either be. I think depending on the person can either be extremely difficult or extremely easy. Sometimes a little too easy. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sometimes a little too easy. For me, it was sometimes a little too easy. Like once I kind of figured out how to do it, like what I figured out how to do it in, uh, especially at parties, is if you are having a, an amazing time, but without being an idiot. Like if you're just having a good time and other people around you are having a good time, uh, I find that people are attracted to that, or at the very least, women are attracted to that. Uh, and I think just being like that sort of magnetic personality, people really enjoy for some reason. And especially if you're at a party and everyone's drinking, and you're not necessarily at the life of the party, but still having a very good time and obviously having a good time, people are attracted to that. It's like, oh, I want to talk to that person. That person seems cool. That person seems like they're having a good time. I'm going to go talk to them. Or if you end up talking to them, if you end up approaching them first, they're like, oh, hey, I kind of wanted to talk to that guy. He's talking to me now. Awesome. You know, like there's there's a lot of way, and so once I finally figured that uh, little trick out, um, usually get. I mean, if you were willing to lower your standards a bit, you could pretty much get laid at every party. Also, uh, a great but tip. it was you know it's bad. Great tip though is when you roll up to like if you're going to a party, even if you don't necessarily drink. If you come with a 12-pack in your hand, people will be friends with you. Also, <laughs> yeah. another tip is keep an extra six-pack. Bring like a satchel bag. Keep the six-pack in your bag. So that if you are talking to someone that you're interested to, you say, hey, you want a beer? Pull a beer out of your bag. Give them the beer so they don't have to go and find one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. That is something that everyone is interested in. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something very suave about just like, hey, I've got some in my bag. You want one? Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, I do. Thank you very much, sir. I will continue to talk to you because you have more beers in your bag. Watch out for that, though, uh, because <laughs> if you jostle around too much and you jiggle around too much during the night, then the beer in your bag will become fizzy and foamy, and you could end up handing a person a beer that well, explodes tap the top of all- it first. <laughs> Or you open it for them and yeah. give it to them. Yeah, and, or but then you also sometimes end up with a uh, a chest full of beer because I have been a, a purveyor of the beer in the bag arts for quite a while now. <laughs> and if you do not uh, properly pack your beers and if you jostle around too much, then you will show up with some uh, fizzy exploding beers. <laughs> but also it's really important to remember, that especially like when it comes to the depression aspect, that's something that I found that really got me not only like acclimated to the environment of like my campus and things around was it since I also battled depression as well is that remember to take time for yourself Mm -hmm. that like when you're out like if you are doing well with meeting people and you're out drinking you know it's like or if you're just 
going out and doing shit all the time that don't forget that like you time is extremely important, mm-hmm. especially in this transition period in your life. Because I would just like, I would like call my best friend back home and just roam around the campus. And I like, I would talk on the phone or I would just walk like without earphones in just in silence and just think about shit and just sit. And then like, I found like all different kinds of like nook, nooks and crannies in the campus and like different places where I could go and just like be by myself for a second. And I feel like the more that you talk to yourself about like, Hey, how's it going in there? Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Am I doing okay? You know, like kind of do self checkups because when you're starting to feel that depression set on, I feel like the biggest person that's not listening is you, you know? And I think that being connected with yourself and then if you are starting to dip and you don't really know what to do, that there are a lot of people to talk to on campus to talk it out mm-hmm. for free. It's all fucking free. It's every well. I mean, you're paying for it, but well, yeah. Well, actually, no. In in, uh, in England, no, it is for free. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's when Akita went to school three times because she didn't have to pay for any of it. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> well, it's nice. It's a good yeah. thing, Marcus. Let's say fuck him. Saying, can we please I know, have it's that a very, here? It's a very good thing. It's a very good. Th- <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I what you said about finding little nooks and crannies around campus—that's a very good thing. I had all sorts of places on the Texas Tech campus where I used to go, and I'd ride my bike over there and just kind of sit down. I had a field that I liked to go to and watch people play soccer. Uh, I had a little tree that I liked to sit underneath, and I also had kind of a route around campus that I would bike around, where you know I would go by Holden Hall and loop around the alcove right there, and then come back around, drive by the football stadium, uh, and then go by the Agricultural Sciences Center over to the BA through the alcove in the English building and then end up at the art building. That doesn't mean anything to anyone else. <laughs> I just say it. Having a bit it's of long. a, yeah, it's no, a thing, I'm, yeah, yeah. But you I'm, still remember it yeah, too, that's, you know. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to. Uh, that's what I'm uh, trying to demonstrate is that you know, I did it so many times that seven, eight years later, I still remember that path. I yeah. still remember that route to this day uh, because it was very helpful to me uh, throughout those years when things were getting bad and when my depression first really started manifesting itself in college in a very serious way. Uh, that was a route that I would go on every day for some sort of familiarity, something that I could kind of control and it would make me feel better. It's like, okay, I know I can ride this little route uh, and this route will always be open and I can always do this. Uh, and it made me feel better when things seemed so fucking out of control. There was this one little thing that I could control. I could control where to ride my bicycle. Yeah. And I wrote it through control of something. Yeah. Yeah, Took control of something and it was a familiar place and it didn't hurt anyone. And it was a completely, and it made me feel better. And it was also exercise, you know, so it was a positive, good. It was a positive exercise for me. Uh, so something like that can really help out uh, when you're in uh, college. And then also sometimes you'd end up going to one of your places and there'd be someone else there and you'd end up talking to them. You know, and you may not make a friend, uh, but you talk to somebody for a little bit. That is that. Yeah, and I would do that same thing. Well, I would not bike because I don't know how to ride bike. But I would sit out front of the fine arts building, which had this like little like alcove area that was kind of off to the side. I mean, I would chain smoke cigarettes, but you don't have to chain smoke cigarettes. I was also chain smoking yeah. cigarettes. But. <laughs> but I would sit and write, too. I would just write in a journal and just Me get too. shit out. And then if you're sitting in front of, like, the building of where you take all of your classes, 
someone inevitably will come out and sit next to you. And mm-hmm. that's where I have my best friend that I still hang out with. That's how we met, was sitting out front of the fucking fine arts building. And then we ended up sitting there and chain smoking together every day, you mm-hmm. know, and like just shooting the shit. And then eventually we just started hanging out all the time. Yeah. And my fr- I met uh, a very, very good friend of mine uh, as well that way. Uh, just hanging out outside of the English building. And I'm still friends with her to this day. Hell, she lives in Queens. And in fact, she now works with the boyfriend of one of the members of the Cowmen. My friend Megan. Like, oh, works, yeah, 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 works yeah. with Carly's boyfriend, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, and that's a weird thing. But, that, I mean, that has nothing to do with this question. Weird small uh, world. But though. it's just a weird small world type of thing. But, yeah, that's, you know, hanging outside of the building where you study. Yeah, we both met very good friends that way. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something to, to think about. It's in a little nook and cranny. It's, uh, it, I find, I also found in, uh, well, just I found in, in college that, a routine and certain places that you kind of are because going out and like hanging out in a bar by yourself, it can be sometimes, I don't know, like intimidating or a little weird or something like that. Uh, but hanging out on in a campus coffee shop too. Yeah. Like, or a coffee shop on campus. Yeah. Like hanging out in like an open area in places where if you're socially awkward, I know I would feel self-conscious, like just kind of going into a bar and like sitting there by myself. I still myself. don't go to bars by myself. Yeah, I feel self-conscious going to bars and sitting by myself. But on campus, you could hang out anywhere by yourself because everybody's hanging out by themselves yeah. everywhere. So you can just hang out by yourself on campus and not feel too weird about it if you're socially anxious. But it definitely helps you get acclimated to your own skin too. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like in a new place. Just got to get comfortable with yourself. It's the way you got to do it. Which is hard. <laughs> it's, it's very really hard. hard. All right, well, let's move on to our next letter. Hats off to you, Toppa. <laughs> Hats off, Toppa. <laughs> uh, so uh, our next listener, what shall we call him? Mm, Harley. Oh, Harley. Yeah. I had a dog named Harley. Ooh, that's a good name. Yeah. I was thinking like bad to the bone. <laughs> dog bone. All right, Dad. <laughs> Here's what our man says. I was wondering how you guys felt about getting together with someone you dated before. Freshman year was a tumultuous time for me. The weekend before school started, and he's talking about high school here. The weekend before school started, my dad threw himself in front of a train and killed himself. Sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. And I spent the first day uh, of school at his funeral. With that emotional tumult as a backdrop, I dated a girl freshman year of high school, and after a few months, we broke up, primarily because she decided to have her lesbian experimentation phase while still in the midst of dating me. In the long run, I don't particularly hold it against her because I'm not that kind of person, and I didn't feel like she did it out of a need to get out of the relationship, just that the opportunity arose, and she took the opportunity. She has since said that it's one of the two events in her life that she really regrets and would take back if she had the capability to do so in the moment i definitely thought it was a crappy thing to do to the emotionally unstable son of a suicide victim but i came to the realization that it wasn't about me that she did that it was because of herself and herself alone over the years after a while of awkwardness we became good friends again and we're now going to the same college I'm a sophomore in college now, and we were talking yesterday evening. 
Uh, off of a conversation where we were talking about how sad and single we are, I jokingly suggested that we should kill two birds with one stone and get together with each other. She took it as an ent- opportunity to say that she would be happy with that alternative, and she came over to my dorm to have a long conversation about whether or not I was interested in doing so. My mind is totally split on it. On the one hand, I don't want to fall into the patterns of freshman year of high school again. Then it began with her being into me and me being into the idea of being in a relationship, being my first relationship, and we dated for little to no reason other than that on my end. I don't want to risk the friendship I have with her because we're in a dance group together and I want to continue relating cordially, if not warmly, to her since we're going to continue to interact in the worst-case scenario that we date and break up again. On the other hand, I do like her a lot and we both changed a lot since we dated in high school so the relationship would be almost guaranteed to be 100% different. Other than that, it's between the same people. I also think due to the way that we both work and are highly non-confrontational, it's likely that were we to break up, we would do so on good terms. What are your opinions on rekindling old flames? Thanks for running such an awesome podcast. I'm a longtime listener to this, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat and Roundtable. Harley, thank you, sir. Thank Thanks, you very Harley. Much. Thank you for the letter. Well, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and start off with A, that like the fact that you view the fact that she left you to do deal with her lesbian experiences, which I understand, and the fact that you don't blame her for that, and you understand that that was all about her and had nothing to do with you. Great fucking job, man. Yeah, I wouldn't be that of sound mind. I think that you're I'd really... still be pissed off about it. And I'm 30 <laughs> years old. No, <laughs> but like... fucking bitch when I was 14. Oh. I think it shows the level of you, your like expression of self and understanding people around you that you are definitely... You, you understand what the hell's going on, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that this whole email like shows that you are on a great path of fucking mental thinking all around. Good for you, especially with what you went through. Like, that's fucking hard as shit, man. And you have to, like, like, just at least recognize the fact that you're doing great at being able to express your emotions, which I I can't even do very well. (laughs) (laughs) Very articulate, too. Jesus Christ. 19 years old. I would have to say, though, with this girl, that I don't even think that you can even think of it as dating the same person anymore. Yeah. Uh, There's a huge difference between your freshman year of high school and your freshman year of college. You know, you guys went through a bad time and that was weird. First relationships are always hard no matter what, especially with what you were dealing with. And I don't even know if I would consider it an old flame. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that's a weird way of saying it, but you know what I mean, right, Marcus? I know exactly what you mean. I, I think that it's great. I think don't rush anything though. It, it seems like you're very, uh, you know, you're. Te- what is it? Trepid. Uh, yeah. Uh, try have had he, he has you have trepidation, trepidation in entering a relationship with her, which is understandable. It's also understandable because you're in another transition of your life. It's exactly what you know we were just talking about, in, like in the last letter of like getting to know people and stuff like that. Like you have a lot going on, mm-hmm. and it's a lot to take in. And I would say keep hanging out with her. Yeah, just keep hanging out with her. Don't try to force anything. And and I understand she obviously has feelings for you, and you obviously have feelings for her too. So I I don't think that you're like leading each other on, but I think it's important to say this stuff to her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if you did because I know you guys had a long conversation, so maybe you might have touched upon some of these subjects. But I think that she would be interested to hear all of your self thinking on this topic. Absolutely. And don't 
overthink it too much, no. I'd say, because it sounds like to me that you got a little bit of a romantic streak to you because you're, you know, you're a sophomore in uh, college and you're referring to uh, a first, the girl you dated when you were uh, a freshman in high school as your old flame. Yeah. So that's, you definitely got a bit of a romantic streak going there and it, it would be easy to overthink this type of thing. Uh, and if you, I think if you overthink it, then it is possible that it could fail and you could end up in an awkward situation. Without anything even happening too. Like yeah. If you overthink it, it'll just be awkward no matter what. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it'll be awkward without anything, any good or bad thing happening. It'll just be awkward. And, and that always sucks. And, you know, I mean, it, uh, I, I got to tell you, like, I kind of did the same thing when I was in uh, high school and college. That I was with, kind of had this huge crush on this girl, not even a relationship, but kind of had this huge crush on this girl when I was in freshman year, and we went on a few dates, and she decided she wanted to date the uh, uh, quarterback of the high school football team instead, because I was, uh, and then like years later, uh, when I was like a sophomore in uh, in college, uh, or a freshman or sophomore in college, we decided to like date again, and she pretty much did the exact same thing just not with the high school quarterback just with somebody very close to me uh and so i will say that sometimes in my personal experience it did kind of happen the same way like it did happen where something you know and i thought when you know we were older and i did think like all right yeah we're completely different people now and blah 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 and it turns out she's kind of the same person that she was when we were 14 uh but it sounds like this girl, and but on the other hand, I also always had the uh, feeling that that girl was just kind of fucking with me, and anytime she needed some attention, she kind of came over to me. This I've been girl that doesn't guy a lot. Seem this yeah, way, this girl though. doesn't seem like the same type of girl that I dated in high school. The girl I dated in high school was just oh, oh she had some problems. Um, she had a lot of problems, <laughs> uh, but I. Don't think she's the same girl, but I will say definitely go into it with some caution. Don't throw yourself in head first uh, because that will, I mean, really throwing yourself head first into anything as far as like relationships go. A lot of times it just doesn't work out that way. And it, also recognizing, though, like how much she must have thought about that conversation before you guys even had it. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure she's thinking the exact same thing that you're she's like, I fucked up. I know no. I fucked up. But you know, everyone goes through that phase. I mean, I get I had that with Doug. I've talked about that on here before, you know, dating for four years, twenty three years old, and I was like, I need to go fuck anything besides you. Yeah. And then I did that and broke his fucking heart. And then we both grew so much and changed so much. And it was just nine months we were separated mm -hmm. that by the time we got back together when a lot of people were voicing their opinion of like, you're just getting back together because it's easy because you know that you guys, you know, work together. But it's like, but I was also coming at it from a point of like, this is not the same relationship that we had in the past, mm -mm. you know? And like, and that was only nine months. That wasn't four years of time. Like uh, we came at it from such a different way and, crafted well in the and I did it very slowly. Yeah. I didn't just jump right back in. I wasn't with him every second of the day. I I was I definitely came at it with trepidation. <laughs> oh yeah, man, cuz I remember the night you guys kind of, like kind of the first night you guys like kind of got back together. Yeah. You know, but then I didn't see you guys get together again for a while. Yeah. Like for a few months. Because I was just very I wasn't ready yet and especially like with in someone from a relationship in the past that like 
you don't want it to go right back to where it was. Yeah. You know, and I, it wasn't going to be the same relationship and I was completely, I was stern. But it was because I had the one, I was, I had my foot on the brake the entire time. He was the one being like, come over, come over, let's hang out. Let's, you know, be, and I just wouldn't do it, even mm. though I wanted to. And I think that that's important in getting back together with someone is making sure that you talk about stuff and being extremely open in communication of like, we're going to fix things, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's definitely not going to be the same. So keep that in mind as well. Like it's, you're completely different people. You're in a completely different uh, type of environment. You're not having to call her house to ask permission from her dad to talk to her. You know, you're in college. You're on your own. That's why you have the control of how fast you guys seeing each other goes. Yeah. And I would say keep control of it. And you're definitely in control of this situation. Totally. Yeah. Because she's coming at you from a place of contrition and a place of uh, fucking you over uh, a fair amount in the past. So you've got, but don't abuse that power. No, 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 no don't, not at all. Don't say, you know, don't take it as us. Although you saying, don't seem the type though. Yeah. You honestly. don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't seem like the type to, to take advantage of someone like in that way. Um, but, um, uh, so just remember that you're not necessarily don't think about his power, but more like control. You've you've got control of this situation. You're the one that has the most to lose here. Uh, but keep but, hanging out with her, man. Keep hanging out with her. Don't. It seems like if anything, like you guys could just be like, I think that's honestly how the great best relationship starts. Like even like you had shit in the past and then you guys become good friends. And especially like, weirdly enough I'm a romantic too yeah <laughs> like as much as I don't seem it on the outside I used or to I be but New York City burned it out of me no it's still there <laughs> you're still romantic and I'm a fucking romantic I just have to admit it and I understand yeah, yeah. And but the coming from it the same way where Harley you're fucking coming from it man like you know get to be really good friends mm-hmm. when you get to a point that it's like don't do anything into a point where, where you're like, if I don't start dating this woman, I will be the saddest person. Yeah. You know, until you're 100% ready to actually date her. Because you don't want to give her half ass either. Cause she doesn't deserve it. Not at because all. Because it's hard to fucking talk to anyone about your feelings. It and is. I'm proud of both of you. Proud of both of you. All right, well, that, uh, that'll uh, be it for this week. Hell yeah, man. Fuck yeah. All right, well, uh, if you have any questions for us, give us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. We've got a lot of letters in the backlog, but we promise to get to yours soon. Uh, I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Have a great fucking week, guys. Have a great fucking week. <laughs>